James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered, a broad greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Now that kind of seems like it's a, a strange way to set something up. He says, count it all joy when you're tempted. Well, why should that be a joyous occasion in my life? Well, first of all, as we are tempted, it causes us to reflect back on our courage. Faith uh, causes us to face back on our God and our faithfulness in his presence. And as we think about it, he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Do you need patience? Well, it seems that what uh, James is saying here is that our patience is kind of coupled with the uh, faith that we have. Strong faith, we can have a strong patience. No faith, we won't be able to put up with anything or anybody. But notice what he said. Patience has her perfect work. So when we find ourselves being patient, we need to realize that this is the work of God in our life. He says if you have patience, you want it anything. In other words, you'll be satisfied. One of the hardest things for we as Christians and as personalities is to face life and the fact that we don't know sometimes what to do with it. We know that God has given us life, that we might grow, that we might be stable, that we might increase our faith in everything that he asks us to do, and we're able to do it. But notice what he says. If you lack wisdom, well, we all lack wisdom. We don't have the wisdom of God. But at the same time, he says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God who giveth liberally and upbraideth not. Now, do you imagine that God's giving you liberty this morning? Giving you wisdom this morning? But I suggest also that within all of that, he's given us hope. Hope that will lead us into eternal life. He said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Now I suggest to you that if you have the faith that God wants you to have, there's not going to be any wavering. You're going to trust in him. You're going to rely upon him to supply your needs, whatever that is. And as we do that, our faith grows. It gets stronger. And it's guided by the wisdom of God. And we can be thankful for that. Notice he says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded man. One day he's thinking this way, another day he's thinking that way. 
You can't rely upon what he's going to say or how he's going to answer you. He's double-minded. He has two thoughts of thinking, and one day he could control it, the next day he can't. So in, in uh, what James is trying to tell us here, he says, be stable in your thinking. And I know that's not easy sometimes when we have to face our problems that we have. But notice also, he says, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. Well, who does the exalting? Well, it's God the Father, isn't it? So we don't have to worry about being exalted. He's going to do it. He might not exalt us the way we think we ought to be exalted, but still at the same time, <clears throat> God's wanting to lift us up. He wants us to have a faith that's strong, that is unwavering, knowing that if we ask of him that according to his will, he's going to answer it. Be right there to give it to us. So he says, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he exalted. But the rich, notice now, he's bringing in contrast two things here. The one of low degree, one who is not rich, poor. Also at the same time, the one that is rich. It says that the rich is made low because as the flower of the grass, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. Did you ever stop and think about that? We look at the grass out here around us. One season it's beautiful. The next season it's gone. It's faded away. It's bright. Well, it's lost its brightness. It's lost its beauty as far as the eye can see. But at the same time, he wants us to know that if we will just think about our life, it's temporary. It's not permanent. <clears throat> but all the time that we have it, we can increase that faith in God that he's going to supply our every need. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to make me rich. doesn't mean he's going to make me low or poor. It just means that God is always there. And I've always said, if I was the only person on the face of the earth, I never walk alone. I've always got a constant companion, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice what it says, for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass. Well, that's a phenomenon that we witness every year. Grass grows up. Grass burns down. We don't have any beauty anymore, but God brings it back. God is always in control of what we see, what we do, what we have, and what to expect. He's right there with us. Never going to forsake us or leave us, and we're thankful for that. But notice he said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. 
For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Crown of life. We look forward to that, don't we? As we increase our faith, we stop and realize that at the end of life, there's going to be a crown there for us. And that crown is one that's provided by God and his son, Jesus Christ. It's a permanent entity that we have all the time. It walks with us, guides us. And at the same time, it's all done through the love of God. And we can be thankful that God so loves us today that he gave his only begotten son that he would die on the cross that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And we certainly do have that today. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Now stop and think about that. <clears throat> How often do we want to blame God because we're tempted in some way? The Bible says don't tempt him. Don't allow him to tempt you. Just be strong in your faith. Look at that temptation right in the face. And it would be, you could say to Satan, leave me alone, Satan, I belong to God. I don't belong to you anymore. I'm under the Savior's care and keeping. I'm under his tremendous love. And he wants to extend that love throughout my entire life so that when I get to the end of life, there it is, God's powerful love to lift me up, bring me into eternal glory where I'll share life with him the rest of my days. What a glorious happening that's going to be when it takes place. Now notice what he says here. We are tempted by our own lust. But he also says, when that lust grows, then we have to keep in mind that we are the ones that are causing it, not God. God might tempt us in some way to build us up, but he never tempts us in any way to cause us to fall. And I'm thankful that God is my daily companion, that I can look to him to guide me. I can look to him to lift me up. I can look to him to bless me when I need to be blessed. And I can look to him to chasten me when I need to be chastened. My God is a God of all. He loves me. He loves you. He loves the world. So he has given us everything that we need. I've often said in my preaching, if everything else fails, read the instruction book. That really helps, doesn't it? Kind of feel down, open up God's word, allow him to speak to you. If you're rejoicing, lift up your Bible and thank God that you've been able to live in such a way that you have a happy, faithful, rejoiceful life. And that's just not all, though. Notice what he said. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. 
I'm tested, tempted by myself. God doesn't tempt me. The temptation is there. I can find it for self. And then as I allow that temptation to grow, it causes lust in my heart. And if I allow that lust to grow, James says it's sin. And if it's sin, it needs a remedy. You see, sin is a disease. It affects our heart and our mind and our soul. So, it says when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's something we can't change. It is one thing that we can control. I don't have to allow temptation to draw me away from my Lord. I don't have to allow temptation to cause me to lust. I don't have to worry about doing those things if I will just keep my mind on the right straight path. And that's what God expects us to do if we're going to follow him into eternal glory. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Well, think about it now. We're not perfect, are we? And since we're not perfect, we're going to make mistakes. And as we make those mistakes, God has given us a way to clear them up in our life so that we're in harmony with his will. I'm thankful for that every day. Now notice, this, this, this is really rewarding, heart-filling. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. If God gives you something, you could just mark it down, it's perfect. Nothing wrong with it. Not tainted in any way. It is pure love. And I'm thankful that I have the ability to love. He says, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. I think about that. He gave me one mouth. He gave me one opportunity to speak. But he gave me an opportunity to hear because I have two ears. So when I stop and think about that, I need to listen to what God says to me. I know that he's concerned about me. I know also that he created me. He made me equal to to everyone else. But at the same time, we all have different talents. We all have different ideas about obedience. But as we think about it, he said, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. My lust draws me away from my God. It tempts me. And if I give in to that temptation, I'm lost. But I can also renew my life, my habits, my thoughts, and my pursuit 
if I'll draw his word back into my heart and my life. God's word is powerful this morning, brethren. Can do anything, does everything, allows everything, but he's going to control our life if we love him. I'm thankful for that, and I hope you are too. But notice he says, when lust conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now, he's not talking about physical death here. He's talking about spiritual death, eternal death, one that will lead us into eternity forever without God. And as I think about that, I'm a weak moral individual. I need guidance. I need instructions. I need the way of faith. And God has given me the instruction book. I can know how he wants me to do it, what he wants me to do with it, and what the result will be. We're not ignorant of God's will. We can be if we don't pay attention to it. But at the same time, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And notice he says, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. His <coughs> the way he guides me is perfect. There's no error in it. It doesn't variable from, variate from one person to another. In other words, we're going to all obey God in the same way and receive the same reward because of our faithfulness that we have in him. Of his own will begat he us, notice, with the word of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. So if I want to know the right way, I need to look to my Lord. If I want to live the right way, I need to have my Lord guide me. So in it all, the truth is going to save us, isn't it? And it's something we have to imbibe and put into our heart, dwell on it, live it every day and ask God to make us strong. You see, we're weak moral human beings. We need someone to guide us. And God is there to do that. He's given us his word that we can follow. Now notice also what he says. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Well, you mean to tell me I'm going to get mad? Yep. Exactly. I can. Slow to wrath. But also slow to speak. Did you ever stop to realize God gave us one mouth and two ears? That means we ought to listen more than we talk. It's not easy. Sometimes we have those that just want to rattle on and on and on. <clears throat> What's the end of that rattling? Well, sometimes nothing. It's just vain thoughts and wishfulness. 
So, he says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Righteousness of God. Do you have that? You can, because God has given it to us. He is our righteous God. And he doesn't have any qualms about telling us what we should do in order that we can be righteous with him. And as we're righteous with God, he then is righteous to lift us up, guide us in the way we should go, and bless us for eternity. If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Get up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and men will shave, women will primp. So when we stop and think about it, uh, what would I do as I look in that glass? I observe my features. Well, if I'm looking at my life, I'm observing my life with God's standard, the book of righteousness. And if I follow that, I can be on the road to righteousness along with my God. As I've said, and you've heard me say this many times, if I'm the only person on the face of the earth, I'm not alone. Because I have my God who's walking with me and guiding me. Now notice here something. He says, when we look into the perfect law of liberty and kenyeth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Want to be blessed by God? Do his word. Practice it in your life every day. And as you do that, God's pleased and continues to increase our faith, our health, our strength, our spiritual life. Now it says, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Do you have vain religion this morning? Better think about it, because it's very possible. But at the same time, he said, if you seem to be religious, but you rattle on and on and on with your tongue, there's something wrong with your religion. Nothing wrong with the one who holds the religious state of mind in, your ha in his hand. <clears throat> But we are the ones that control that. So he says, now notice, pure religion. Well, that's a religion that's not uh, vain in any way. That's not a religion that's untrue. That's not a religion that has uh, no benefit. But when you stop and think about it, he says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father's list, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. 
what a challenge we're given right there. To keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Well, that's difficult when we live right in the world, isn't it? It influences us. The world has power. It can draw us away in many directions. But one of the things that we have to be careful of, it doesn't draw us away from our God. And as we follow God, we can follow this practice of pure religion and undefiled, and we won't have any problem with it. But you see, our faith has to be strong enough that when God speaks, we listen. And when God says do, we do. And that's not easy, folks. That's life each and every day. So he says, Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and kindleth therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man is blessed in his living. Are you blessed today as a child of God? Do you allow God to direct your life each and every day? Do you allow God's love to surround you so that you feel strong and loved? God said, I am love. I love you. And I want you to love me. And he's given us the tools to do that. You see, any good workman has to have some good tools, doesn't he? Well, if we're going to be a good Christian, we're going to have to have some good tools. God's given them to us. As long as we use those tools, we will refrain from sin. We will build our faith up. We'll draw closer to God each and every day. And we'll look forward to that time that he might say unto us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. Aren't you thankful for God's blessings? <clears throat> he doesn't expect you to be perfect, and he knows you won't be, but at the same time, he wants us to perfect our life in such a way that God is a big part of it, and that he guides us in the way that we should go and the way that we should live. So, as you stop and think about God's word and meditate upon it, if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, you're free to do so. God doesn't put any restraints on it, but he does put restrictions on it. So if you're uh, in need of something this morning, some help, some guidance, we'd ask you to come and we pray to God for you. Will you come as we stand and sing? <clears throat>